All right, we've made it to week three already. And with this first lecture, we will focus on Christian spirituality and ministry in counseling. To think of Christian counseling as a spiritual enterprise would seem completely understandable to many people. It is especially important to know what we mean when we talk about Christian spirituality, the ways in which counseling draws upon spiritual resources, and the ways in which spiritual life occurs in the life of our counselees. How do we respond to a client who says, I think the answer to my problems lie in a spiritual realm. I think what I need is to become a more spiritual person. How can we help a person like this? Clearly there is some thirst that the person is experiencing, and it sounds like a good thing to be a spiritual person, doesn't it? But the problem for us is that spirituality and the word spiritual are used so widely in our culture that it's difficult to know exactly what someone means when they say they want to become a more spiritual person. After all, haven't both Madonna and Mother Teresa been described as very spiritual women? However, their lives and the fruit of their lives are quite different. As another example, aren't Billy Graham and Bono both described as two very spiritual men in our time? Both of them have done good things, but their worldviews and their sense of faith is quite different. In this case, even given the facts that both men are Christian, the way they see spirituality is at polar opposites. So let's take a few moments to look at what the word spirituality really means. The term spirituality was first used in the Bible by Paul to describe those who have the Spirit of Christ. In 1 Corinthians 2.15 he writes, The spiritual man makes judgments about all things. He himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Paul was talking about those who have the Spirit of Christ making a clear distinction between life of the Spirit and life in the flesh. When we speak of spirituality from a Christian tradition, we are talking about life in the Spirit of Christ. We are not limiting ourselves to those who are interested in spiritual things or those who want to have an experience of transcendence or have climbed the mountain to meet a guru. We're talking about Jesus Christ, the living Lord and the Spirit who comes and dwells in the hearts of his people. This is a distinct contrast in the way spirituality is used in psychological literature. Interestingly enough, this has actually become a very hot topic in the last few years as psychologists seek to find some defining terms for transcendent experiences and for the yearning of those who want those experiences. Part of the reason that psychology has shown such a recent interest is that the word spirituality has made its way into such common usage in our culture. Remember too that in postmodern language spirituality is spoken of as a private alternative to religion. This means that when postmodern people speak of religion they are speaking of the community experience of seeking God or organized spirituality usually in a negative sense. 
But spirituality can be used to speak of the private experience with God or the private experience of one's own soul or spirit and is a positive and private alternative to organized religion. One of the important and ancient traditions of the church has been the study of spiritual formation. And it has been seen in theology in trying to understand how people are formed in the image of Christ, in a careful consideration of how spiritual habits are formed, and in investigating how the Holy Spirit might move in the life of a person. Now God has spoken to us in the most direct terms about the work we do as Christian counselors when he said, Greater love hath no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. This is what we are called to do as believers who counsel hurting people, to offer ourselves through our training, through listening to them, through prayers for them, and through our compassion and hospitality to lay down our lives for them. And even then, our goal is not only that, but to also do this as an offering to our Lord. Christian counseling is a spiritual enterprise because of the servanthood attitude that we bring. So in this sense, spirituality is never a technique that we use in counseling, but is really our way of seeing ourselves and others and our relationship as God's servant engaged in a ministry of healing. Christian counseling is also a spiritual enterprise because we're making ourselves available to others. When we open up ourselves to others through counseling, we are literally making our spirit available to them. Paul put it this way in the ninth chapter of 1 Corinthians, Though I am free and belong to no man, I make myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I become like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I become like one not having the law, though I am not free of God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I become weak, to win the weak. I have become all things to all men, so that by all possible means I might save some. What a great description about making ourselves available to people at their point of need. It also describes how it is only by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that we're able to show this kind of availability and vulnerability to our clients. Christian counseling in some ways can be seen as one of the ultimate spiritual enterprises because it involves a creative weakness, a reliance on the Holy Spirit, and a willingness to admit that healing does not come from us. Even with all the skills we bring to the counseling enterprise and all of the techniques that we might employ, they are useful only as God chooses to use them and how the Holy Spirit chooses to work through us. Our goal in Christian counseling as a spiritual enterprise is that a person might receive a new life in Christ and become a new creation. Now our natural tendency as a fallen people 
is to be selfish, to do everything we do with some sort of motive that promotes the self, that works for us, and that builds us up. But it is in Christ that we begin to develop an appropriate self-love, and also an appropriate way to deny ourselves. So the real challenge becomes to experience the grace of God in such a way that we will be refined, to understand that it is a receiving and purging process all at the same time to become more Christ-like. It is this healthy becoming, this developing spiritual self that the client experiences in the therapeutic relationship through what we call the personhood of the counselor. If you'll notice on the slide, the first column names qualities of the self that are received from God through grace. Healthy qualities of self-affirmation, of self-fulfillment, of self-realization, of a healthy self-love, of self-awareness, of knowing who you are, and ultimately of a healthy selfhood. It is part of the great command when Jesus said, you are to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind and strength, and you are to love your neighbor as yourself. So we need a healthy self to become an effective counselor for others. But as the second column states, each of us also needs grace to be a refining furnace in our lives. For every human being, there is much in our lives that is not as it should be. It is by the grace of God that we're able to engage in self-denial, in self-emptying, in self-sacrifice, in a self-forgetfulness where it's not about us all the time, to engage in appropriate self-disclosure, making ourselves known in a way that is helpful to others without making the counseling session all about our issues, and ultimately a selflessness in which we are able to go beyond our own needs to use our ministry of counseling to help others and as an offering to God. Okay, let's finish up with a review about the Christian traditions behind spirituality and spiritual formation. From the very beginning of the church and much of the writing of the New Testament, there's great attention paid to the formation of people to the image of Christ once we have come into the faith. On the slide, you'll see on the left a series of items labeled faith tradition, and on the right, the items are labeled formation tradition. As Protestants, we are familiar with the faith tradition, that we must know what we believe and what our core values and beliefs are. But we also have to understand that it is a rationally driven way of doing faith. It is focused almost exclusively on our thought life, focused around doctrine, an approach to the faith in which we are to agree or disagree with propositions about God and about faith. In addition, it is a vitally important part of our tradition that we are to be witnesses to the world, following Jesus' last command, go and be witnesses. But we neglect our formation tradition at great peril. Here's where the work that we do in Christian counseling is of a spiritual nature. 
It can be thought of as a systematic way of helping people discover how to live out their beliefs and is devoted to encountering the Holy Spirit as a spiritual experience. But how do we have such spiritual experiences? We do so by growing under the guidance and leadership of others and by developing a pattern of holy habits, the spiritual practices of prayer, Bible reading and study, and serving others, just to name a few. We must develop these habits as part of a regular pattern each day to become formed into the image of Christ. But remember that these practices are only valuable in the way that God works through them, not in their own right. Lastly, in formation tradition, the focus is the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. We must be known for and produce fruit that can be experienced by those around us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. As you process this lecture on spirituality and counseling, I would encourage you to think about your own life and ways in which you are a spiritual person, ways in which you would like to grow in the image of Christ, and any holy habits that you need to develop on a regular basis.